The main reason that I started practicing mindfulness over 30 years ago is a very simple one. And that is that it was very difficult for me on a moment-to-moment and day-to-day basis to be here in the present moment, feeling whatever it was that I was feeling emotionally, thinking whatever the thoughts were that were going through my head, believing that I was who I was thinking that I was, and carrying the, the crushing weight of all of the beliefs that I had so heavily invested in because I was the one thinking the thoughts that led to these beliefs. It was simply too painful. It was too difficult. It was too real to actually be here in the present moment feeling how I was feeling almost all of the time. And as someone who struggled with chronic depression, I didn't realize until many, after many years of practicing mindfulness that what perpetuated my, while it did not perpetuate the depression itself, but what it, the thinking did perpetuate was the thoughts uh, that continued that I bought into and believed were real that prevented me from being able to cope effectively. Everything about life really did feel difficult. Being around uh, other people was very difficult and challenging because of all the thoughts that were coming up in my head as a result of interacting with people. Whatever it was, I was feeling emotionally. Dealing with my daily responsibilities, whether it was work or other uh, personal or family-related matters, uh, or even trying to maintain friendships, was sometimes unbearably painful because I was so busy getting in my own way because I had no way to have any perspective at all about the thoughts going through my head. They were simply happening. And I will say that today those thoughts continue as well. I've never ever been able to stop them. It has just been that there has been this cultivation of some headspace There has been some development of perspective, a little bit of room in between me and all of this stuff going through my head. And while it sounds very simple on one hand, uh, it, it is absolutely revolutionary in another way. And that is that the only thing that has really changed for me, I don't think that uh, any of my neuroses or any of the things that I struggle with, uh, that make me me have changed any. I can get into my own way just as easily today as I could 30 years ago. And I say that with a smile on my face and it's only because of the the beauty of the fruits of the practice that I have been able to find some humor in the predicament of being me. Uh, I haven't had to take it quite as seriously. Now, I don't want to mislead anyone and say that it's become this complete, carefree, peaceful existence. That is actually not the case. But what I will say, and this is really just taking a, uh, just taking a long look back and taking a moment to, uh, to share what a difference this practice has made in just a normal, average, everyday person like myself. My personality, whatever that is, has really not changed. I I never really was able to brute force any sort of self-improvement. 
Uh, I heard people and, and read about people that were able to do or are able to do such things. I never was. I maybe I didn't have the willpower. I didn't have the the desire or the will to uh, to affect this kind of deep change. And instead, what I did, I without realizing it, was that I went in a different direction. I began to move in a different direction uh, that would lead to more compassion for myself. It would lead to more compassion for others through being more fully human. And what, what I found that really being human is ultimately, now I can only say this for myself and only speak to my own experience, it is that by allowing myself to be however I am, whoever I am, in any given moment has been an incredible gift of freedom. And what has made it possible has not been an overarching desire to make myself this way. Because even if I wanted to make myself be this way, there's no way that I could. What it has come from, it is, it is an actual unexpected gift. It is this freedom that has arisen that I have found has been available to me only when I have taken the time to practice sitting still, paying attention to my mind, not running away from the thoughts that are happening, not denying the thoughts that I'm thinking. Uh, And I shouldn't even say that I'm thinking. They're just simply thoughts that are being thought. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense or if that sounds right or not. Uh, In fact, I know it's natural for, for, for me to believe that I am the one thinking these thoughts. But what is amazing to me after over 30 years of practicing not actively giving any time or energy to thinking these thoughts that just happen to uh, to get to occur in my head that they still continue without me trying to make them do what they do uh, I certainly wasn't ever able to change them at all so here I am finding myself in this place where Nothing really has changed in terms of what my experience of being a human being is actually like. It is no different than it was back then. I can still find myself uh, buying into thoughts and buying into an identity of being a chronically depressed person. As someone who has a what is, uh, what is looked at as a legitimate medical condition that I... I can, what I, what, how I can make this worse for myself is that I can really begin to identify as the depressed person. And then if I'm the depressed person that I believe that I am, I, it's natural that I'm going to think in a certain way. I'm going to react to people in a certain way because I believe that's who I am. And that has been what has changed so much is that I can still be chronically depressed without being busy being the guy being depressed. Uh, It is possible. And then at some point, it really becomes not as interesting. Whatever it is that makes my personality what it is or makes me who I am is only something that it's only a personality if I believe and carry around beliefs that this is who I am. This is how I am. This is what I'm all about. And the longer that I have practiced paying attention to my mind and watching the thoughts that go through my mind, (coughs) I've been able to see that 
These are things that just happen. They don't define me any longer. And it's not because I tried to convince myself that they didn't define me. What has actually occurred is that I can see this is just a phenomenon. This is just something that happens. Part of me being a living, breathing human being is that I have thoughts. And it's up to me whether I choose to resist them or push back against them or run away from them because it doesn't feel good uh, or I don't like the way that it makes me feel about myself, about my life, about my place in life, about the other people that are in my life along with me uh, for this particular ride. Uh, Or I can just simply be here for it and witness it without needing to do anything at all. And then it's just, it's simply like weather. Sometimes the weather is not, is not favorable. Sometimes it is stormy and it's the same thing that's going on inside my head. Sometimes uh, this is the way that it feels. Sometimes it doesn't feel good to be me. But if I can just have the patience and the faith to ride this out, And what makes it easier for me to be able to do that is if I am not holding on to and clinging to any beliefs about what it is that I'm thinking, about how I'm feeling in any particular particular moment I find myself, I can just be here. And I sometimes refer to this as, and I know it may sound like it's, uh, it may sound a little more dramatic than what it is. But sometimes it's what I refer to as feeling the horror of here and nowness. Sometimes what is going on here now in any given moment is painful and it's uncomfortable. I may not even know why. And the more that I try to figure out why it feels so painful, then what I'm really doing is I'm just thinking about it and I'm speculating about it and I'm analyzing why I think that it feels this way. And all of the time that I'm doing these things, instead of just being here, watching my mind or watching my breath going in and out or whatever whatever meditative technique I choose to use and just simply be in however, be in whatever it is, however it is. Because after practicing this enough, and this is something that probably uh, shouldn't have taken this long, but it took me a long time for me to recognize this, that ultimately it's going to change, whether I think it's going to change or not. If it's very painful and uncomfortable to be thinking whatever it is I'm thinking right now and experiencing whatever it is I'm experiencing in this moment, it will pass at some point in the future. Uh, And most likely it will pass soon, uh, sooner if I'm not trying to actually make it pass. I'm not trying to change it in any way. The more that I react to what is, in many cases, I prolong that pain. Uh, I, I, I make this last longer than what it actually needs to because I'm giving it time and energy. And practicing mindfulness is really about so much more than just the practice itself. It's the hardest part of it. Being here, paying attention to our minds, witnessing the thoughts that we're thinking, being able to realize that the thoughts are really just occurring 
whether we actively think them or not. And all of the beliefs that we're carrying around as a result of identifying with all of these thoughts, all of this really does have the capacity or the potential to create pain in our lives, to create discomfort, and to create unhappiness and dissatisfaction. And there's just a whole host of emotions that we can feel when we are busy perpetuating that one thing that continues to make it so much more difficult than it actually has to be. And that is thinking. And that is all of the uh, the beliefs that come along with that. And as hard as it was, I just kept returning back to this present moment. Even when I didn't like it, even when it was gut-wrenchingly painful, I just... Because I didn't know what else to do, I had tried everything else. And even though it seemed rather counterintuitive, why would I want to return back here and, and be here and pay full, pay full attention to what doesn't feel good? Um, but I tried everything else, so at some point I decided that I might as well try this. I ran, I ran out of ideas, all of my thoughts about how I could change my life, change myself... Uh, create a different life, create a different experience. None of that ever really seemed to work. So I admittedly, I'm not, I don't want anyone, I don't want to lead anyone on uh, by trying to con- convince anyone that I suddenly developed this deep reservoir of discipline, that somehow I chose this uh, because it was it was the right thing for me to do. It actually was not what happened. What happened was I tried everything else And then I finally decided that no matter how painful it was, I was going to keep returning back to this practice. I didn't even know if or how it would help me at all. I did not know. I had no way to know the difference that it would make in my life, the perspective that it would give me, that that it can give anyone. All of these things that I am speaking of are available to anyone who simply wants to continue a practice like this and cultivate uh, the, uh, the viewpoint of a witness to our thoughts as someone who actually just sees the thoughts occurring rather than being so wrapped up and invested in being the person who's thinking them. It is a monumental shift in human consciousness. And I never realized or knew that I was capable of effecting such a shift in my consciousness. I didn't even know that it was possible. And that has also been the fruits of this practice. And I think the only reason why I continue to keep sitting down on that cushion and being quiet and being still, even in the midst of unbelievable misery and just not wanting to be me anymore, I wanted something to be different. And yet I couldn't make it different. I tried doing that. And it was only when I began to... I heard a meditation teacher one time speak of of mindfulness practice as a way of befriending ourselves, befriending our minds. And that really does resonate with me because what I found was the one that I was embracing the one thing that I was so prone to running away from. And that is what was going on inside my head, what it was that I believed because I was the one doing the thinking They were my thoughts, so I thought. But I've realized that they really aren't. 
And it doesn't even matter whether they're mine or not. At some point, it just got to, I got to a place where those thoughts and beliefs really just weren't that interesting anymore. What was more interesting to me was what was actually going on right here, right now, in this moment. I was missing out on so many of the very powerful and in some cases, very small joys that are very easy to overlook. I was able to find a sense of peace that I didn't know was possible because I had not spent a life of lifetime creating or cultivating peace. I didn't know how to do that. I wanted it, but I didn't know how to cultivate it. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't even think it was possible. And it has only been when I have chosen to befriend the one, the, the, the thing that is the most difficult, and that is my moment-to-moment experience during the horror of here and nowness, when it feels so bad sometimes, when it is so painful, when it is so difficult, when it is scary, when it is tenuous, when it is uncertain, when it's confusing, when it's filled with anger, uh, it, and, and when it's filled with shame or remorse or whatever the emotions are, whatever the thoughts are, that there is an invitation, an opportunity to just keep coming back here. And it is not something that is a form of self-punishment. I, there was, I had concerns about that at first. Why would I want to be here and really pay attention to what's going on here inside my head and, and inside my body when it is so painful? But I realized that it was actually a gift and not a punishment. And the longer that I have continued this practice, the more I have realized that it may very well be as powerful as it is, this practice, because of the fact that it leads us back to the where we ultimately have the ability to be, I can be the best person that I can possibly be because I'm here practicing coping in the best way I possibly can, doing my best not only for others, but for myself. And the only reason I've ever been able to do it is because I've practiced doing it. And I have to continue to practice doing it. Because if I don't practice, at some point, I could see that it would be very easy for me to go back to living the way that I was living before. I'm not trying to push against that. I just know that this is something that it's kind of like a plant that needs watering. It will continue to grow as long as I maintain it. And that's really what it has been about for me. And that has really been what's been available to me and to anyone that chooses to undertake and continue this practice.